I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Reframing Chronic Illness, a conversation that explores the lesser discussed side of living with a chronic illness or any other long-term health condition. I believe in harnessing the intelligence of chronic illness to help you live your life in a way that feels good and allows you to deeply heal and flourish. I'm Alana Holloway, holistic healing coach to humans who want to live life in a way that honors both their health and their dreams. I'm so happy to have you here. Hello, it's Alana here, which you know as you're listening to my podcast. Welcome to the third episode of Reframing Chronic Illness. Today I'm going to be talking about normalising the abnormal and why I think it's such an important piece of the puzzle when living and choosing to thrive with a chronic illness or long-term health condition. Before I get stuck in, I want to invite you to a free workshop that I'll, I will be sharing next week between the 23rd and 30th of March. That's 2021, if you're listening to this far in the future. It's called Return to Self, and in it, I'll be discussing how you can cultivate a smoother flow of energy, if that makes sense to you, uh, celebrate rest and get off this energy roller coaster of high, high peaks of energy and 
big dips in energy and to break free from a life ruled by dis-ease. You can sign up via my website, alanaholloway.com forward slash return hyphen to hyphen self and I'll pop a link in the show notes. Right, back to it. Um, so what do I mean by normalising the abnormal in the context of chronic illness and long-term health conditions? So I suppose when I'm talking about normalising the abnormal, what I'm also talking about is what makes you different, uniquely different, and how can you use your differences to your advantage? Or how can you embrace your differences and use them to unlock a way of living that suits and serves you, and by default those around you, best? As a quick aside, it's quite funny, um, I, around the time I was thinking about this episode, I also started watching a new series called The Good Doctor, and I don't know if you've seen it, but it highlighted so much of what I'm going to talk about and how much we can gain from normalising or em- embracing the abnormal. I'm not about to spoil it, so don't worry, no spoiler alert here. But in essence, it's about a junior doctor with autism and a related condition, both of which allow him to be most excellent at diagnosis and just really good at thinking outside the box when it comes to the treatment options available for you know any patient. And because his differences are eventually, it takes time and you know all sorts of meetings and all that kind of business, but his differences are eventually celebrated and embraced. And because of that, the hospital are able to make use of his genius and he gets to do what he absolutely loves and what he's always dreamt of doing. And everyone's a winner in this situation. And of course, it's not without its, you know, trials and tribulations. And it is a drama and not real life. (laughs) Um, I get that. But I was watching it and I just thought, this is exactly it. The message is loud and clear. And this is it, you know. And I spend a lot of time thinking about you know, why we continue to live so much of our lives in a way that's been designed by a certain type of person for a certain type of person. Yet it fails and falls so short when it comes to our actual best interests. It's, if it ever was a useful, you know, life design, I don't know when, when that would have been, but it certainly isn't anymore for the mass population. And it certainly isn't for anybody who has to, anybody with, you know, any differences. And, you know, of course I know why um, we continue to do it. Conditioning, societal pressure, because as humans we tend to do what's always been done, we follow by example. Um, and following by example is, I suppose, exactly what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to perhaps set a different example, but there's 
also the lesser acknowledged reasons. And they're things like guilt, embarrassment, making yourself seen, fear, shame, compliance and obligation around doing something that goes against the grain or is good for you, but nobody else kind of has caught on to doing what is good for them. And so you can't hide it away. And if if you if you do it, if you kind of get to doing it at all, or sometimes that fear just stops you before you've even started. But these feelings, the lesser known, lesser, lesser acknowledged feelings are the ones that I'm going to be talking about mostly today. I think the first time I really took notice of someone doing something that threw out all the rules that they did because it suited them best was when I met my mother-in-law and was introduced to her or their family's version of Swedish Christmas. Being Swedish, they'd usually celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. But I think it was one year, somebody was in Oxford on Christmas Eve and then jetting off to Cornwall the next or even that evening, I think it was late in the evening. And, you know, they realised that this kind of Christmas period was just really different branches of of the family, rushing around, driving to different ends of the country, trying to please everyone. And that's a huge reason, actually, for not doing what suits you best is, you know, people-pleasing. But, you know, nobody was really able to settle into any version of Christmas, whether it was, you know, with their family or... Uh, their partner's family or whatever like so many of us do you know we rush around and try to please everybody and please nobody at the same time you know end up pleasing nobody at the same time but my mother-in-law decided from that year on Swedish Christmas would be celebrated two weeks earlier than usual and so for the past 10 years that's exactly what we've done and what's so brilliant about it is that there are no feelings of being hard done by or of being second best or being forced to make that choice to accommodate others. There's no resentment there. It's celebrated in full force to the point that I actually forget. And when we're on our walk, I wonder why people don't return my Merry Christmas and just look at me like a weirdo. Because um, it's not Christmas Day, but I, you know, we we really go for it. And so it feels like it is. And... From that example, I take masses of inspiration because that's exactly how I want to treat going against the grain and doing what's unexpected and doing what suits and serves me best. I want to embrace it. I don't want to resent it. But in practice, I know it's not always so easy to bypass those negative feelings that I've talked about. Which, it doesn't make it impossible, of course, but it just means it requires work, as so much of this stuff does. When you make the choice to do something or not do something for your health, all the feelings, all those feelings of guilt, shame, embarrassment, etc. are compounded by the overriding feeling of just wanting to stomp your feet and shout, I don't want to be different. You know, why can't I just live my life like everyone else does? Why am I feeling or why am I a prisoner to my health? 
And I get that, I have been there. But when you feel like that, it's usually coming from a place of resistance towards your illness or condition, which I talked about a lot last episode. In fact, that was kind of what last episode was about. And when you come at choosing to do things for your health from a place of acceptance and you know, embracing your ill health or your condition and embracing it as an invitation to thrive and as permission to live your life abnormally, that's when it becomes easier to shift the judgment and actually get really excited about what you get to do and what you choose to do because it makes you feel good, not what you feel like you have to do because that's what your illness has dictated to you. You know, we don't have to justify the things we do or the life we live to anyone, including ourselves. And yet, as humans with feelings and mountains of external pressure and internal pressure and expectations, we feel as if we do. So when we go about spending our days in the way that suits and serves us, we feel we have to justify those actions against what society expects and says is normal. You know, choosing to do something because it makes us feel good, that doesn't cut it, right? Whereas having to do it because we have no other choice, that, you know, yeah, we can use that as a justification. You know, I'm on my knees, I'm completely ill, I have to spend time resting versus... I don't want to be on my knees and I don't want to feel exhausted and I don't want to flare, I don't want to feel ill. So I'm choosing to do something that makes me feel good now. It's being proactive rather than reactive. And that's a choice we get to make. Because this having to do it because we have no other choice and being able to use that as a justification, that is just so messed up. The... The number of times I've slightly embellished the truth, which I'm not proud of, but we all have to start somewhere, right? But about, you know, what I've done that weekend or or just even avoided answering that question, what I've done that weekend or what my plans are for the week, because I've been afraid that I'd seem boring or lazy. You know, I can't count the amount of times I've had that feeling which is why I now want to talk about the things that I choose to do or choose not to do with pride and certainty. I want to I want to kind of shout it from the rooftops and and celebrate these things rather than feeling like I have to avoid talking about them or feel embarrassed about talking about them. And That feeling also comes from sometimes the way people can react to you doing something that's against the grain. And I think, I'm not sure I've ever really, I mean, there are obviously loads of reasons, um, but it's a reaction that I used to get a lot when I would say that I wasn't drinking or I don't drink, you know, at a party or whatever. People almost take offence to it. And 
you then find yourself having to find a reason as to why you don't drink rather than saying, I choose not to drink. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But nobody should feel that the life they choose to live is less than or doesn't validate their place on this planet. In my case, at the moment, that looks like working less than 40 hours a week, scheduling, and I mean scheduling in time for rest and recharging daily, which is, you know, again, another thing we seem as being a negative, um, weak thing, but it's not, it's so powerful. Rest and recharge and naps are powerful. Getting excited about my choice of movement, my choice of exercise, being walking rather than feeling like I have to fit in and dreading going for a run. Not wearing makeup, taking more than a lunch hour, you know, sometimes two hours. Sometimes, actually, I won't work for the rest of the day after lunch. Choosing to step back and run my business away from Instagram even that, you know, there's there's resistance around that because what if, what if the way I choose to do it fails? What if I make a big song and dance about doing all these things my way, my different way, and it doesn't work? But what if it does work? These are just a few examples of the things that I currently do, which changes all the time, by the way. This isn't a set in stone thing. But these are the things that would be considered not the norm. And yet, I can promise you that by doing the things that suit and serve me best, I contribute to society, I show up for my loved ones, I feel infinitely better, I get around to doing those one-day things, you know, the things that are perpetually on your to-do list. I do all of these things on a totally different level to when I've tried to live my life in a way that complies with the unspoken rules on how to be a grown-up. I don't feel like living my life is like wading through tar when I do the things that suit and serve me best, when I do what's abnormal. I think the first experience that I can remember of wanting to normalise the things I did to better suit me and my body and my health was probably about 10 years ago. And kind of 10 years actually is coming up, well, it is this year, but for me 10 years has been the length that I length of time that I've been on this leg of my healing journey or I've been most conscious of my healing journey, I think. Um, it's when there was a big shift in my health. I was in my 20s and it seemed that everything started then. Not only, you know, a journey to kind of discovering what the hell was going on with my health, but a journey of healing, a journey of discovering and of exploring all these wonderful ways that my body could heal and 10 years ago I kind of officially I've never been a huge drinker you know a typical late tweet you know a tween is a tween 20 and teens yeah I think it is um but you know a binge drinker typical 
UK, you know, person in their teens or 20s. And, but kind of when, you know, 10 years ago, I officially stopped drinking alcohol and later on stopped eating dairy and gluten, um, which has changed a bit now, you know, I eat gluten now, but anyway, that's besides the point. Um, but when I stopped doing that, there was so much chat kind of both from me and from my friends and family or anybody I talked to about it that would go something like, it was always a like an event or a party or when I went over for dinner or when I had someone over for dinner or whatever, or even when I went to the shops. And it would be something like, oh no, sorry, I or you, depending on who was saying it, can't have that. And this whole thing became like, um, it became clouded by a whole load of negativity and deprivation and missing out. You know, I can't have alcohol, I can't have dairy, I can't have gluten. But I knew that I could. And so after a while, you know, if I wanted to, I could. And after a while, I started to hopefully kindly correct both myself and my family or my friends by saying, you know, after that kind of statement of you can't have that, I'd say, no, I can. I can have it, but I'm choosing not to. Because, you know, as I've said, I could have had a glass of wine or I could have had a block of cheese or, you know, a loaf of bread because bread's delicious. But I know that it would have made me feel shitty and it would have caused my skin to flare for the next few days or week. And kind of since that first experience that I remember, over time, it's normalising the things that I choose not to do has evolved into trying to normalise the things that I choose to do, which, believe it or not, I've found actually to be much trickier. Choosing to do things on a daily basis, so I'm not talking about the things I choose not to eat or, you know, uh, I don't know, eat is the only thing I can think of right now, but I'm choosing about the things that I, I'm talking about the things that I choose to bring into my life on a daily basis. You know, to some might seem like a total extravagance and that has thrown up much more internal resistance and has been harder to implement and stick to. But what I've discovered in committing to doing, in committing to make my life about the things that I choose to do because of my health, you know, not only because of my health, but because they make me feel good. What I've discovered is that shock horror, there's a way of living life and of being a human with or without a chronic illness that isn't completely exhausting. But you have to be willing, in order to experience that, you have to be willing to go against the grain and to commit to living a life where your health and your dreams exist in an equal partnership. That's something I am really passionate about and it's something that I talk about a lot because with when you're living with any type of health condition, it completely trumps 
anything else, really. It becomes all about that. And often, on the flip side, often when we're going after our dreams or just going after the life that is normal to live or whatever, that trumps your health. And it's like a tipping scale the whole time, you know. But if if you allow them to exist in an equal partnership, amazing, amazing things happen. And so to, you know, live this life that isn't completely exhausting and to feel good about doing the things that make you feel good you have to be willing to try and you have to be willing to fail and you have to I you know fail I don't even like that word but you have to be willing to adjust and tweak and you have to be willing to normalize the abnormal and to when your friend next asks you what are you doing this weekend? Be truthful and be proud about it. It's been great, as always, to hang out with you today. Remember to sign up for my workshop. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reframing Chronic Illness with me, Alana Holloway. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you'd rate, review and share it with anyone you think would enjoy it too. Rates and reviews mean that it's much easier for others to find this podcast, which all helps in getting this message out there. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can subscribe to my newsletter via my website, alanaholloway.com. In my newsletter, I talk all about how you can harness the intelligence of your chronic illness or long-term health condition in order to deeply heal and flourish. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And what would their support squad unleash in you is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.